Magnus is ContraZoom. Where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and this is our special Oscar nomination reaction podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Andreas Babiolakis, and we're going to talk about uh, the nominations just coming out uh, yesterday on Thursday, whenever you might be listening to this. And so we're going to give our, our quick takes and reactions on, on what we thought. Um, I guess, you know, you were watching it live. There were certainly some surprises. What uh, what was your first big reactions of uh, seeing the nominations come out? Well, my first superficial reaction of sorts, let's say, is when um, The Revenant got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Alejandra Giannaritu, who won last year for both for, for both being a producer and a writer, and actually, well, Best Director as well, you'd think they'd pronounce his name right, but no, I don't know if it's trending because I haven't been online a lot, but um, apparently his name now is Ayatitu, apparently. <laughs> so when I got that out of the way, that's when um, in my notes, actually, because I was trying to speed write everything as they were being nominated. Um, that's when I started to have a lot of bold face. So we'll get into our shocked reactions on things that might have been missed, which uh, those mostly were. But aside from that, um, in terms of things that actually got nominated, for the most part, they're pretty well expected, especially the big hits like Spotlight getting the nominations we kind of expected, you know, in the supporting categories. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that McCarthy got nominated for Best Director, but rightfully so. Um, you know, The Revenant got a lot of heavy hits as well, um, a lot more than I expected, actually. Um, the biggest surprise, which I think is rightfully deserved, is um tom hardy's performance as fitzgerald in that film absolutely sensational and i'm glad that he got recognized for what's probably his best role to date um there's a lot of other nice surprises like uh rambling for uh 45 years for the best actress category um which mm-hmm. um of sorts is um kind of like emmanuel riva getting nominated for a more back in 2012 because it, it's kind of that that older generation not being missed by the Academy, so that was that was quite pleasant. But um, I've got a few more. But what did you think so far? Like, what were some of yours that stuck out? Yeah, you sort of you sort of covered a lot of them there. Um, I, I'm happy Charlotte Rampling got nominated. I haven't had a chance to check out 45 Years yet, but I know that it was uh, on the festival circuit gained a lot of great reviews, especially for her performance. Uh, so it's nice to sort of see that someone. That that forty five years is is sort of the the key outside of the Hollywood movie system type of thing to get nominated out, out of the big nominations, which is nice. The rest of them are you know pretty well expected to be like, yep, I expect it. You know, Room and Carol and Brooklyn and the Danish Girl just all get a bunch of nominations. Right. Um, but forty five years definitely was a bit of a pleasant surprise to at least see it get acknowledged. Um, I think a big surprise for me was Brian Cranston in uh, Trumbo. Um, that that was a bit surprising to me because that movie sort of you know Brian Cranston got good reviews in it, but it was sort of got so-so reviews, you know, kind of a fun movie, but not really wholly serious sort of thing. So it's definitely interesting. Um, I think the biggest surprise as far as negative thing is Sylvester Stallone being nominated. Now, I know the Academy really likes him for some weird reason. Um, and 
Rock in Creed the movie was getting pretty good reviews, but mostly was coming from Michael B. Jordan's performance and uh, Ryan Coogler's direction. So I'm really surprised that Stallone managed to sneak into, as we get into it later, a really, really tough and crowded Best Supporting Actor category. So that's definitely a bit of a a shock for me. Um, As far as uh, negative surprises, I was really, other ones, I was really hoping for Ex Machina to get a bit more. Uh, That's just because it's a personal favorite of mine. But, you know, other than that, you know, the rest of it sort of makes sense. Um, So, uh, I I guess the real big winners of today and, you know, for the next few months are going to be uh, The Revenant, which got 12 nominations, Mad Max Fury Road, which got 10, and The Martian with 7. I think Mad Max getting 10 is pretty surprising. I think everyone really expected it to, you know, be in contention for a bunch of things. Probably going to be nominated for Best Picture. Probably going to get a nomination for, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron, which didn't end up actually happening, which was kind of a bit shocking. Um, and then a whole bunch of technical categories because it really was a, a real visual feast in a whole bunch of different directions. Um, but yeah, those are the real big three. I think if you would have, uh, tried to predict what three movies would have the most nominations, I don't think those three would probably be on the top of our list. Would that be the same case for you? Yeah, um, you can figure The Martian, Mad Max, and The Revenant getting a lot of like special effects or artistic award nominations. Uh, we all figured Mad Max was going to get in the in the film category and possibly the directing category, which it did. Um, I did not think it would get uh, Best Director for George Miller. Um, that was definitely a, sort of a surprise for me. Well, that w- that to me was more expected than... Um, actually, some of the other nominations for the directing category, which we'll get into, um, but because uh, I've just seen him be nominated for other awards, like BAFTAs, for instance. So to me, that wasn't the biggest surprise. Uh, it was something that I could could have seen either way. Um, I was definitely expecting Carol to get a lot more um, of the higher awards, especially for um, directing and for Best Picture, and I'm surprised it didn't because I felt like it. it ranked up so many other of the smaller categories that it would have basically been a shoe-in, especially since only eight got nominated this year. Um, what else was there? Spotlight is the kind of film that's going to probably do well unless the tides turn. I don't know, this whole Golden Globes... Um, the Golden Globes is happening and the Revenant ranking up a lot of wins there. I don't know if that'll change the tides per se, but it's definitely a bit of a surprising turn. But it still seems like Spotlight's in the spotlight, so to speak. And um, that and Mad Max are leading in wins, by the way. But Mad Max has a lot more special stuff, like effects and editing and sound editing, that it'll rank up with that. So Spotlight's been doing pretty well. So it's six or seven nominations isn't surprising because it's getting a lot of the heavy-hitting categories. So that's to be expected, despite the fact that I still believe that's going to come home the big winner at the end of the day. Everything else, I'm surprised Bridge of Spies got as much as it did, despite the fact that it's Spielberg and the Academy loves Spielberg. Um, I'm still surprised that it got so many nominations, but that's okay. It was it was quite a decent film. Um, the Big Short is a late contender that ended up doing pretty well, so um, not too surprised. But again, that's one that I could have gone either way with. 
Um, but aside from that, if I were to actually predict, I would have predicted Carol getting the most nominations. So the fact that, you know, the Martian um, ended up beating it or the Revenant, I'm still the most surprised about the fact that it got as many as it did. Truth be told. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, about a week ago, you and I were chatting uh, and you, we, we were just playing guess how what it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. And you said you actually said to me that you're not sure if The Revenant will get a Best Picture nomination. Um, I had a feeling it was going to get a Best Picture nomination, but maybe not a Best Directing. Uh, well, we I, I was trying to name the, the 10 Best Picture nominees and you left it off. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I kept going back and forth. At first, uh, when I had the conversation with you, I was thinking it might have been a bit too controversial. Plus, I was expecting some films to be nominated, which weren't. Like, Straight Outta Compton was, was, was all right, but I thought that was going to be a shoe-in. I thought, for some reason, Creed was going to be a shoe-in, which I guess it got its nomination of some sort. Um, what are the other ones that we were thinking? A lot of like the more mainstream stuff uh, we saw. Um... Yeah. Inside Out, actually. Inside um, Out, yeah. Stuff like that where, you know, you could conceivably see it. Uh, and just a note for anyone that doesn't know, the re- reason why that there's only eight, it has to do with where people rank it on their ballots. And it has to, uh, it's done sort of by elimination. It's a really confusing and complicated process. But um, it's not just they arbitrarily decide, and eh, we only like eight. It has to do with the way um, the process of elimination works. Uh, yeah. And there's no way you're going to understand it unless you actually see how the ballots actually look like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when we had that conversation, that was something I was thinking because I thought at the time it was a highly controversial film because people had walked out of it, like out of actual premieres, not just casual viewing. And um a lot of people are going on about how gruesome it is and how torture it is to actually sit through. So that's especially why I'm surprised that it got the biggest wins at the Golden Globes, which is a lot more of an accessible audience, but that's beside the point. So when I had the conversation with you, I thought, well, Inirichu is going to get, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, Tutu is going to get uh, a lot of recognition for his excellent directing, probably the best work he's ever done, Birdman included. Um, but then I think after that conversation, which is what I was just thinking about when you brought this up, I was thinking maybe in terms of the directing, they might go with something else, somebody that didn't make a film that was as prolonged and as, as slowly paced. But I felt like with a lot of the success it had, especially with DiCaprio, um, it would have gotten a best picture nomination. So I was going back and forth, but the fact that it, it got nominated for both, Again, the tides could be t- could be turning. Um, Spotlight might actually have its competition, which I never thought it would have. I thought Spotlight was a clear winner. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of all of this, let's uh, start going through some of the, the major categories. Best Picture nominees are The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. Um, so there's definitely some interesting ones here. As far as who I think is probably the, the early contenders you really have to match them up with the best director five of the eight are there so that means three of them that you can automatically knock out um being uh bridge of spies brooklyn and the martian you can sort of knock out as really having a strong chance to win best picture the argo situation is not going to happen very often uh so out of those five you you really have to look at spotlight as the real contender with possibly uh the revenant um or mad max fury road being you know sort of maybe the underdogs that could steal some thunder away 
Yeah, even though they have more nominations, critically, Spotlight's done better, depending on who you talk to, but it's topped more lists. It's won more of the of the top awards. And it, it was the one that people have kind of been seeing for a while. So in terms of the usual Academy-paced end of a season, Spotlight's dominated that. But Mad Max Fury Road's been... A bit of a miracle story where it came out very early last year. It's an action film, came out during blockbuster season or at the high, like the early end of it, actually. And it's still so large that it's clearly one of the dominant forces at these Academy Awards. So um, you never know with the amount of rage and, and fury that it has that it might do well. Whereas The Revenants, not dominated a lot this last season it's only just come in now and it's startled everybody to the point of hugely affecting them so you have a very early film a film that got noticed during the appropriate times and the tail ender that is starting to get a lot of recognition so it really depends on who plays their cards the most correctly during these next few months yeah, all right. Uh, best director, we have um, Lenny Abrahamson of Room, Alejandro G. Inaritu. In- wow, I can't even say it either. Uh, Inaritu <laughs> for The Revenant, Tom McCarthy for Spotlight, Adam McKay, um, who is probably most well known for directing Anchorman uh, for The Big Short, and George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road. Um, once again, this is probably going to pair with Best Picture. I know the last couple of years there's been some split between the two. Um, I don't know if that will happen this year. It'll either come down to Tom McCarthy's really, really tight direction and getting all those great performances out of his ensemble cast, um, telling a really heart-wrenching story, or it'll be Inara 2's winning back-to-back for his wilderness epic you know, uh, pulling out all the stops for directing and, you know, low, low lighting, natural light, outdoors, uh, period piece, things like that. So it's, it's probably going to come to those two with, you know, maybe once again, George Miller being uh, a bit of a dark horse, especially since it was all um, practical effects and stunts being done. Uh, that might wow some voters. Um, I, I really don't know where uh, I, Adam McKay just does not have the pedigree to even be considered. So it doesn't matter how great of a movie The Big Short is. The Academy is not going to give Best Director to Adam McKay. No, and the surprise I was talking about was um, Abrahamson for Room, which I thought was a great film, but I definitely wasn't considering that when it came to the directing. I mean, the the directing was terrific, of course. I thought it was really well well paced, well, like, carefully handled. But, um, I don't remember his name, but the, the the director of Beasts of the Southern Wild also comes to mind, where that's also a terrific film. But when I was thinking of the top contenders, it's just something for some reason that kind of slipped my mind. Like, oh yeah, this is a possibility for Best Director. And while that year, I feel like some people got hugely snubbed, like Catherine Bigelow for Zero Dark Thirty, um, and even to an extent Ben Affleck for Argo, which um, I'm not as big of a fan as that film as you are, but to be honest, he did quite a good job in, in some aspects, and I thought, you know, he got forgotten about this year. I don't feel that too much, except for perhaps, um, again, with Carol, with Best Picture as well. But having said that, uh, I think you, you hit it right on, the, right on the head when you said that it's going to be either of those three, and the other two are, are there because there needed to be space for the other ballots. 
On Best Actor, we have Brian Cranston in Trumbo, Matt Damon in The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant, Michael Fassbender in Steve Jobs, and Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Girl. I have to say, overall, this is a, a fairly weak category. You know? Really? Uh, yeah, Trumbo got pretty mixed reviews. Brian Cranston got good reviews. Matt Damon, I think, was solid, but I don't think that's anyone's idea of a Best Picture winning role. Eddie Redmayne, I think he's way too young to get win back to back. I'm I'm purely also speaking on Academy politics. It's something I follow pretty closely, and I just don't think that they're going to reward him for the Danish girl, considering it's a bit more of a divisive film than the Theory of Everything, which definitely had its faults last year. Um, so it really comes down to DiCaprio and Fassbender, two people who have been overlooked, but for different reasons. DiCaprio has been overlooked as far as winning. He's still been getting the nominations. And Fassbender's been overlooked for even getting the nominations because a lot of people think he should have been nominated for both Shame and Hunger, mm-hmm. uh, which he didn't. He was nominated for 12 Years a Slave. So it's sort of it's sort of up to up to these two, and it sort of comes down to how people feel. I think either way, whoever wins this category is sort of going to be like, "Hey, sorry, we messed up for not giving it to your best role, whatever you might think that would be of uh, those two people." Okay, I see what you mean now by it being a weak category because the actual performances in all of these films are actually terrific, but in terms of the actual, um possible winners as much as i loved michael fassbender and steve jobs and early on this year you talked to me i basically said we have a winner here it honestly got swept away by dicaprio for me and i think this is finally the one chance where he's got a super super good chance at actually winning and you've talked to me about this a number of times Uh, i don't know if it's been on air or not but um dicaprio's been nominated a lot the only time I think he's ever been snubbed, per se, was for The Aviator back in 2004. Every other time he's lost, I think, has been for justifiable reasons. He's just has had really tough competition who deservedly deserve to win above him. And this year, I think it's otherwise. I think this is the, the next opportunity where he's got a chance to finally win, and I think this is the time that he actually will. So for me, it's, it's a no contest. For Best Actress, we have Kate Blanchett and Carol, Brie Larson in Room, Jennifer Lawrence in Joy, the only nomination that film got, uh, Charlotte Rampling for 45 years, and Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn. Uh, this is probably a... This is a really stacked category, but the thing is, it's basically Kate Blanchett's to lose. The Academy loves her. She's won, uh, I believe, twice already. She's yes. been nominated, I think, five or six times now. Um, Carol's been getting all the right reviews. She's probably going to sweep most categories along the way. It really is hers to lose. But unlike the Best Actor category, I think all of these performances – you know, in a lesser year would be, you know, right up there near the top. You know, Brie Larson's been getting nothing but praise. Jennifer Lawrence, the Academy loves her, even if, you know, for some reason, not everyone else does. Um, Charlotte Rampling, while it's a nice story, she should just be happy she's there. And Saoirse Ronan's another person, woman who's been nominated before the Academy clearly likes. Um, And Brooklyn's been getting plenty of praise, but it's it's Blanchett's to lose, and even that, I would say it's you know it's Blanchett would have to murder a puppy on live TV and denounce 
I don't know, something or other and say that she's exclusively going to be working with Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider for the rest of her career for her to even, you know, maybe come in second place. I don't know. Steve Buscemi's gone down that road. I don't know about the puppy killing, but um, other bad decisions of that like. But um, it could easily be mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett here. But at the same time, at the same time, I think Brie Larson's got a very good chance. Uh, she just won the Golden Globe. That obviously means nothing, but it's it's a bit of a, a slight chance. She's won a bunch of other awards. It's very a very very tight category, and. Um, at this point, even if some of the picks that we don't have end up winning, would you be honestly surprised? I don't think I would be. You know, if Saoirse Ronan were to get it, or Jennifer Lawrence out of the blue, or um, you know, Charlotte Rampling, um, they've won awards in their own right out of a lot of other festivals and a lot of other awards ceremonies, and it's very possible. But for me, it's right now it's between Brie Larson and Kate Blanchett. Saoirse Ronan used to be a part of that running, but. It seems like these two have started to win a lot more as of late. So we'll see. Right now, my money's going to be on Brie Larson, but you just never know because Cape Blanchett's Cape Blanchett. You know, Daniel Day Lewis did it. She's as worthy. And then we move on to Best Supporting Actor. We've got Christian Bale in The Big Short, Tom Hardy in The Revenant, Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. Mark Rylance and Bridge of Spies and Sylvester Stallone and Creed. Like I was saying earlier, I'm really shocked about Stallone being there. Uh, this is a this is a very interesting and very stacked category. Um, Academy loves Bale. He's definitely been the standout sort of performer in the big short. Tom Hardy is someone who's finally sort of gained recognized, uh, even though he has been the forefront before. Ruffalo looks like he's a uh, right up there, and Mark Rylance. People can't say enough great things about him. Um, we might as well flip a four-sided coin between those four. So I, at this point, I, I have no front runner. Oddly enough, Stallone was one who won the Golden Globe, but yet again, it's the Golden Globes. Um, but aside from that, I think, I think you've got it. For me, it might be a less-sided coin if those exist. Maybe one of those odd Dungeon of Dragons dies, maybe. But... Um, for me, anybody can get this. Ruffalo's gotten a lot of praise for... It's one of his top performances. He did an excellent job. Rylance, of course, has been getting, as you said, nothing but absolute praise. So for me, right now, it could be his year, but you never know. For me, um, I don't know if I feel as strongly about Bale, even though he did a terrific job and he's getting recognized. I think that's all he's going to be getting is recognition, but you never know. In that category, it's it's... Basically, anybody's game. I mean, even, again, Stallone has ended up winning, so you never know. Yeah, and the Academy does love Stallone, so, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to sort of be, like, that's his sort of, you know, end of his career bookend marker, sort of thank you for everything that you've done, as much as I despise Rocky, um, <laughs> the original. We'll get into that with the Oscar podcast when we get there. <laughs> uh, do we have to? We might have won. Uh, all right. Best Supporting Actress. We've got Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara for Carol, Rachel McAdams for Spotlight, Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl, and Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. This is another sort of interesting one where I think it's actually pretty stacked. Uh, the only one who doesn't seem to be getting a ton of buzz is Rachel McAdams. I think Rooney Mara has the inside edge right now since she's sort of tied to Kate Blanchett as being the co-lead. Uh, I know... The um, 
the distributors purposely pushed her as the supporting, even though they basically are on screen the whole time together. And Rooney Mara might even be a bit more of the lead, but you know, it's sort of the respect your elder sort of thing. Um, Alicia Vikander, I love her. She's like my favorite actress right now. But I don't think this is this is her year. I think this is her finally start to be noticed year. Um, yeah. But uh, 20, 2015 was definitely a real breakout for her. But I don't think she'll get it for the Danish girl with the reviews it's getting. Uh, I know you loved Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. I have yet to catch up with that. So it's it might be between Winslet and Mara with the real underdog of Jennifer Jason Lee because the Academy members... Uh, really respect someone like Jennifer Jason Lee, who's been around for a long time and sort of really paid her dues. So uh, the supporting categories are sort of a bit harder to choose sometimes because of this. You, de- you don't know what they're going to go for. What is it that they're looking for to reward? Yeah, there's a lot of politics behind it, whereas with the leads, it's, they're usually kind of just shoved out. They're like, yep, these are the recognizable faces we've got. They're running the film. But with these, as you said, there's like Rini Mara, who technically is a lead, but now she's being considered supporting, which ups her chances. But do they really? I don't know. It's tricky for me. I, I, I'm in agreement with you again. I think having seen all of these films, actually, um, it's between Kate Winslet for the most part and possibly Jennifer Jason Lee. I think Rooney Mara's got a chance, but I think she's kind of in the same boat as Alicia Vikander, where it's more of a recognition thing as opposed to... Um, the times they'll actually win. I have a feeling both of them will, will win eventually because they're both quite talented young ladies. And Rachel McAdams, I think, for the most part, as great as she was in Spotlight, is, again, more of a recognition thing. I don't think she's actually won a lot for this role unless it was for an ensemble award amongst her co-stars. But for me, it's between Winslet and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. So we'll see. For, for now, my money is on Winslet, though. All right. Uh, Best original screenplay. We've got Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, and Straight Outta Compton. This is sort of a really interesting one. You know, Inside Out was was getting raves all year for its very complex tale of emotions, which is, you know, going to be used for psychological studies for for years. I think Spotlight really has uh, that, you know, that nice, tight ensemble. Uh, I don't want to call it witty banter because it it's far from that with the, the subject matter, but it's definitely a very tight knit ensemble script, which is always something that uh, is looked favorably upon. Uh, the originality of Ex Machina, straight out of Compton, did a pretty good job. I know it kind of faltered a bit in the third act, trying to rush everything, but that's that's sort of tough. Um, and then Bridge of Spies, like. I, I don't know where where they stand on that. You know, it was written by the Coen Brothers, which definitely has a, a bit of a unique spin to it. But uh, I, I don't know for original screenplay. I love Ex Machina. That's you know my personal opinion. But it's probably going to be between Inside Out and Spotlight. And I don't. Yeah. There's never been an animated winner for for a screenplay awards, so that would certainly be certainly be a first. So I don't know if they're going to go for that with Inside Out. I will briefly say that I am completely astounded that Tarantino didn't get nominated, which Hateful Eight was good. It wasn't the best thing he's ever done, but he got a lot of recognition for the screenplay. That's one of the the four big hits of that film got for supporting actress, screenplay, original score, and cinematography, which it got the other three, but it didn't get anything for screenplay. 
a bit of a more hopeful thing I had was Charlie Kaufman for Anomalisa, but that was more of me. That was more me being a wishful thinker. So the fact that they didn't get nominated is whatever. It's but for me, as much as I love Inside Out, and I think it's got one of the better screenplays that's nominated, I don't think it has perhaps a chance compared to something like, for some reason, I feel like Bridge of Spies might be standing out a bit more with the Academy. For me, it might be another another repeat of something that happened here. The Imitation Game got nominated, and it got a lot of like the big nominations, but ended up only winning for its screenplay. I think it, we might have a repeat of that this year with Bridge of Spies, but I think Spotlight is the most deserving out of the ones that are nominated. So if it is Spotlight's big year, it has to pick up some wins along the way, and it could win for its screenplay in order to climb its way up the ladder to winning Best Picture. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. With the screenplays, it usually goes one of two ways. You either have the Best Picture winner that sort of sweeps everything, including the Screenplay Award, whatever one it's nominated for, or the Screenplay Award is given to a film as a consolation prize. Um, So if Spotlight, for some reason, doesn't win Best Picture, I can almost guarantee that it'll win its screenplay. Um, That that sort of thing. So it usually works one of two ways, and it's always hard to sort of predict which way it's going to go. Uh, As of right now, Spotlight does sort of seem to have the inside edge for maybe both picture and screenplay. So it might, you know, sweep a whole bunch of things and carry even its lesser nominations like Rachel McAdams forwards, but I don't know. Um, and then lastly, we've got Best Adapted Screenplay, The Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, and Room. Um, it's always it's always so tough to say adapted screenplay do are they basing it on the adaptation how faithful it is how much they bring it to life all these sorts of things or are they just strictly looking at the movie and being like that's a good story this is the best story of the year sort of thing um the martian definitely got a lot of praise for the way it sort of uh adapted it the book into a movie um and then you have Carol with its, you know, that might be the sort of the consolation prize that it gets. Uh, same as Room, either of that. Um, Brooklyn was really sweet and it was kind of hard not to love it. So I think maybe that has a chance. And The Big Short, uh, that's because of its, um, it, it's a very verbal verbal film it's it's sort of i guess the best way to describe it would be similar to the way uh, early tarantino's witty banters were that's what the big short sort of has going for it so are they going for the dialogue or are they going for the story if they're going for dialogue then big short might be the leader so yeah other than that i'm thinking maybe either carol's the consolation prize or the martian because of how faithful and uh advantageous of an adaptation it was yeah this is the kind of year where we will have some films that that'll go out empty-handed and this is a kind of category where you might find one of those films it could be the big short that gets nothing it could be room that gets nothing or they could pick up something here for the screenplay um another snub of mine which i've noticed is aaron sorkin of his adaptation of the steve jobs biography which i guess would be considered adapted because parts of it were part of the on the biography parts of it were based on i guess real conversations Whatever. The fact is, um, that would have been a huge contender, but unfortunately, that's not there. So for now, um, it might be Room's chance, because I know um, Emma Dominahue, who actually wrote the book, was heavily 
involved with the screenplay. Uh, well, she adapted it herself, and she was heavily involved with the actual directing of the film. Like she was there all the time. She helped fix up the story to make it more adaptable to film. Like that might persuade a lot of people because she's a, a big name with the actual story itself. That could be a big enough push. It's either that for me or possibly the big short. Again, it could be either of those two, which will either win for this or possibly nothing at all. Yeah, it's so tough to say right now. Um, so those were our quick reactions for the big categories. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, if you have not already checked out Andreas's reactions uh, to the nominations, please make sure you check out. Once again, this year, I'm going to be doing my Oscar primers, uh, where they'll be coming out uh, probably twice a week, where I what I think the chances are for different films to win. And of course, Right before the Oscars, we're going to have our third annual Oscar roundtable where um, it's going to be now moving over from it used to be on Capsule. Now it's going to be on ContraZoom this year, obviously, because now we have a film podcast where Andreas is once again going to continue his emceeing, where we're going to have some fun picking some winners, doing some trivia, all that great stuff. So make sure that you're following along on liveandlimbo.com because I'm sure if... Uh, there's going to be some uh, film reviews as well uh, that you probably haven't done yet that there might be some nominations. Is, is that the case? Uh, yeah, most likely, but um, everything will be nice, ready for it when that time comes and we're going to be fully prepared. And maybe uh, I usually do the quiz. Uh, maybe we could do like a sort of a combined thing. So it's, uh, it's all over on Contrasum now. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll figure something out to maybe spice it up a little bit this year. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun, so make sure that you check that out. Uh, and where can all of our listeners find you, uh, Andreas? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can find me at DGAPA. You can also follow the show at ContraZoomPod. And make sure you check out the show notes where we've got, we'll have some links to the nominations and stuff like that. Uh, and, of course, Andreas' uh, posts, his reactions. Uh, and until next time, thank you so much for listening. I know.